everyone, and welcome to the AT and WB podcast. And, you know, I kind of want to, I kind of want to welcome everyone. Uh, like, welcome, hello, party people. Have you, have you ever, um, have you ever listened to the Kevin and Bean Morning Show when you were when you lived in LA? I did. I, I caught a couple episodes of it, but it, it wasn't usually my my daily jam. Uh, yeah, they they, they yeah. just uh, they just fired all of them. But I really like how Kevin always introduced the show when he was like, "Hey, party people!" <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. So, like, here, let me try again. Ready? Hey, party people, and welcome to the AT and WB podcast. I am your host, Chris Booker and I'm joined, um, as always, in the news segment with Alex Wilson. Hey, Alex, how's it going? It's going as well as can be expected. How are you? I'm. It's okay. I mean, in this, um, see, we're in a pandemic. It's all pretty crazy. And I guess like the first bit of news we can even say due to the pandemic are all of the Warner Brother movies are delayed this year. <laughs> yeah. So we've had previous episodes of like, oh, this is going to come out and, and nothing is. So now we are just kind of stuck in a wasteland with no theatrical releases and hoping things ever either get pushed uh, onto TV or they get released some point uh this year or early next year yeah and and there's been an influx of uh apps of apps you can streaming apps such as hbo max the warner brothers owned hbo max or in the nbc universal owned peacock um the disney owned disney plus and hulu uh there's there's a competition now everyone is kind of taking their arms and Putting them in their own barracks, it seems, finally. So I think the funny thing with um they promoted the hell out of HBO Max with Matrix. Like the Matrix is on all the posters. They're gonna get it in like September or October. Some at some point they will get it, you know? Yeah. Right now, uh it's actually on the it's actually on Peacock, Peacock app of all three Matrix movies. So they're promoting that. So we have this cross-pollination right now. Uh, but soon everyone will have their own things in their own warehouses. Where will Sony's warehouse be? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think they really care about Crackle anymore. They may be doing what like CBS Paramount is doing, and even though they have CBS All Access, they're still like uh, they're still putting like Nickelodeon stuff on. I think Netflix. You know they they they're making all these deals with all of these different um, streamers. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, probably you know maybe like all Sony stuff will be exclusive to like PlayStation or maybe I don't know. Like they 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 tried to make PlayStation um, like original series. You remember Powers? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's the only show they made. Xbox, Microsoft was going to do the same thing, make their own shows. They made that E.T. documentary about the E.T. video game. And then they were like, uh, okay, we this is expensive. We're not going to make a Halo show, actually. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> one, yeah, one documentary later. <laughs> and Powers was the Brian Michael Bendis uh, run show, right? Wasn't that his first shot at doing television? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Interesting. I've never seen it, but I'm sure it's a good show. Yeah, me neither. I know. Uh, throw um, throw to Mark Bernardin. I know he wrote on that show, and he's uh, oh yeah, the co-host of the Fat Man Beyond. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 
So do you know do you know the big news that's happened in the last couple months? Uh, in regards to HBO Max or in regards to just in- entertainment in general? I would say in regards to like Warner Brothers, I get more specifically DC Comics and the DC like film universe, the DC Extended Universe, because they announced that I feel like it was just like three weeks ago and it's huge. It's something that we've been clamoring for for a very long time. It's something that we've said on this podcast that we wanted to happen, but in a Batman Beyond movie. And instead, they're doing it in the new Flash movie, Andy Muschietti's The Flash. You know, he directed the It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 for Warner Brothers. Yeah. He's, he's actually going to be helming the Flash film whenever they can start filming movies again. <laughs> Who knows? He also directed uh, Mama, right? That's an underrated horror movie. Yeah, yeah. There's all these all these horror uh, directors are. Um, I mean, that's how it's always been, though. Sam Raimi, but all these horror movie directors get in these superhero films. Yeah, that's true. Big news is that Michael Keaton is returning as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Nice. That's perfect. Right. Possibly setting up the multiverse and fixing their continuity issues that they seem to have in the DCEU right now, since there's multiple Jokers and multiple Batmans and multiple, you know, flashes, even though they justified the multiple flashes in the crisis on infinite Earth's crossover special, which we'll actually talk about on this podcast as well i do know about what happened in there and there's some really really cool things that i can kind of pull you through yeah i didn't get a chance to watch uh much but uh, i was looking forward to michael rosenbaum and tom welling being more involved but then i kind of heard it was more of a cameo just for tom welling so uh it'll be I'll, I'll be interested to hear the rundown of what happened that i missed Yeah, i'm not even sure if michael rosenbaum did he guest on yeah and on the crossover do you know that i didn't see him i heard that. I mean, there are conflicting stories, but I heard from Michael Rose or Michael Rosenbaum's podcast that he was never approached or offered any kind of uh, deal. And and then after he announced that, they said, "Okay, we'd like to shoot a scene, and we can shoot it on this afternoon on this date. And if you can do it, you can have a cameo. And if you can't be there for that date, then we won't use you." Oh wow! And so that's that's the the tea that was spilled supposedly by him. Uh, so I don't know the other side of that story or if maybe he wanted more money than they're willing to give. Uh, but his statement was that they only reached out after he said that they were not in talks with him. And then they only reached out with like a very specific window for him to uh, be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, they filmed those things like, you know, in seven days, each of those episodes, six days. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite the feat they actually do um, with these network dramas and network shows how quickly they can film them and get them out what's cool about michael rosenbaum though is his dad john glover is actually he's an actor as well having appeared in scrooged oh yeah i think most people remember him from gremlins too but also i remember him as the doctor from batman and robin who worked with pamela isley oh that's right yeah and then he was recently in the dceu again where he played Dr. Savannah's father in Shazam. Really? Yeah. I forgot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So like that Michael and he's Michael Rosenbaum's dad. So it's just so cool that this, like, even if you look at John Glover's picture on IMDb, the Warner brothers shield is behind him. That's how, yeah, that's how cool. much he is part of the family. Folding into the crisis on Infinite Earths, they already played around with Ezra Miller's Flash, meeting Grant Gustin's Flash, 
in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover they did in December 2019. They also folded in the 2002 WB Network show Birds of Prey. That was like 13 episodes with Ashley Scott reprising her original role as Huntress. And on this Crisis on Infinite Earths, they said that her Earth was Earth 203 in New Gotham, which is where the show actually took place. Like if you go back on the CW seed, because that's where the show is right now for the Birds of Prey show, uh, they, they opened the show with it being New Gotham. Uh, also in the original birds of prey show mark hamill played the voice of the joker and they had people like playing batman catwoman and like joker is always seen blurry so yeah that show is really fascinating it's really cool they folded it in it's a 2002 show i think they labeled it earth 203 in the crisis event they were thinking maybe 2003 that's the Mm. only thing i can think of because the Crisis TV event also tied in the original Batman 66 series. They brought back the actor who played Robin, Burt Ward. Oh. Yeah. So in the show, they jumped around to different Earths. And they go to Earth 66, where Burt Ward is walking his dog down the street. And he's wearing the Robin colors, yellow and red. And then the sky turns like dark red. And he says, holy crimson skies of death. The music also changes to the original Batman theme, and he owns a natural dog food company. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not know that. That's a deep pull. Right, so he probably, I'm assuming, he asked to have his dog or be at least walking a dog in the shot. Yeah. And this is what you were talking about. So they also do tie in uh, Smallville with the current Superman, played by Tyler Hochlin? Hochlin? going to a farm to ask Tom Welling if he is Clark Kent. So that's what they did there. So you saw uh, you saw Tom Welling and then you saw the um his love interest from the show. She Kristen Alana Lang played by Kristen. Oh, uh, Kristen Kristen Crew. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he actually ever dons the S again. He's just like I'm a reti- I'm a retired Clark Kent. It, is he with Lana Lang in the cameo or are they uh Yeah. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. Let's get it gets like a happy ending uh, in that regard. Right? Yeah. Did you watch Smallville at all? Oh, yeah. I watched all of it. Okay. I think we watched the series finale together, if I'm not mistaken, at our friend Marshall's apartment. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's funny because I'd seen probably 90% of Smallville, but as soon as I moved to LA, I'd really fallen off watching it just because I was busy with doing just school and work and different things. Sure. Uh, but but then I remember they Marshall, our friend, was having a watch party for the finale, and I was like, of course I need to see that. This is like the culmination of a show that I started watching like freshman year of high school. I think ironically, as the party got started, we were really the only two watching it, <laughs> and everyone... Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, everyone else was drinking on the patio, I think. <laughs> yeah. I was like, shut up, small bells I have. Yeah, back when people could like be next to each other and have parties. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. Yeah. And then, you know, Brandon Ruth, uh, after playing Adam on Legends of Tomorrow, reprised his role as Superman in the DCW uh, verse on Earth 96. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And there's a lot more, too. They actually go, they they basically, this is a crisis crossover cleanup, what they do here. You know, they're bringing back Brandon Ruth, bringing back uh, Tom Welling, having Tom Welling meet Tyler Hockland's Superman is like a really cool thing. I hope that's how you say his last name, Hockland. I think that sounds cooler than Echlin, which is like how the dictionary would tell you how to pronounce it. <laughs> 
Yeah. They also referenced the Green Lantern as Earth-19, possibly referencing the old movie or the upcoming HBO Max project. That's cool. This is also supposedly the Earth the canceled Swamp Thing show takes place in, which is also an upcoming CW show because COVID. That's exciting. I don't know if you know this, but the um, due to like COVID-19, the CW's fall lineup of shows are all acquired content this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they, they can't film anything. So they're grabbing Swamp Thing from the DC Universe, and then they're going to air that on the CW. Then uh, Tell Me a Story, which is a Kevin Williamson show from CBS All Access. They're going to air that on the CW. The CBC show, Coroner, and the BBC comedy, Dead Pixels. Mm. So it's really interesting what they're doing, huh? Like they don't they don't have um, any... Um, they can't film anything right now, so they're just acquiring content. And some of this content they own themselves. Like obviously the CW is the C stands for CBS, the W stands for Warner Brothers. So getting a show from CBS All Access and getting a show from the Warner owned DC universe is a really smart play. It's very simple, but it works a lot. You already have this stuff made and like you just need a you just need to air it on TV now, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I wonder how much, how lucrative those licensing deals are now since content creators know how hard it is to make anything. So anything in those back catalogs and anything in those libraries are probably going to be expensive to license. Probably making bank now. But again, we always discuss this. Like if you're paying yourself at the end of the day, like how much are you really paying? Yeah. If CBS or if the CW is paying for the rights to air for the first time on TV, by the way a cbs all access show do you get a discount does like like obviously the money of of the like the redstones who own paramount viacom the money just shuffles underneath them like they don't see any movement right i guess taxes maybe but like <laughs> yeah and i think it's a way for companies to shuffle debt around um in terms of making earnings reports uh, look good uh, especially like for publicly traded companies so if you can if you can act like, oh, you know, this is this money is stuff is money that we earned, and then this chunk of it is debt or a loan we paid off, so we can write that off. And and even if you're paying it, even if you're paying yourself that money, you can shuffle it around to make the numbers kind of look as good as you want it that to. That makes sense. Yeah. I remember too, we talked about this on a previous episode, and I mentioned a show that moved. I never mentioned the show, and that show was The Simpsons. The Simpsons was on Fox, like broadcasting company. Or broadcasting corporation, like chant, like you know the local air affiliate, and they never sold the syndication, the cable syndication rights to The Simpsons until like Fox decided, like, oh, let's turn FX into three different channels, and let's have FXX like the comedy channel, and then let's sell the cable rights to FXX. So they made their own company just to sell the cable rights. These these lucrative, probably like billion dollar cable rights to themselves at the end of the day a made-up company they made up on like on the spot almost <laughs> yeah just moving money around yeah and um back to crisis on infinite earths so batwoman actually finds a batman on earth 99 that is revealed to be batman voice actor kevin conroy wearing an exoskeleton Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and um, I believe in that uh, Earth-99, because he's, you know, obviously Kevin Conroy, he's probably in his, like, 60s now, late 60s. And so he's, like, you know, he's a by far retired Batman and a skeleton. I think his Batman killed his Earth Superman. Really? I think that's what crippled him, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So they tie in Lucifer, you know, the 
original Fox broadcasting show now a Netflix series. Yeah, they tie in him. They br- they bring him in, uh, making that Earth. Well, what what Earth do you think they made the Lucifer show like universe take place in? Uh, I, I don't Pretty, know. Really um, obvious. It's too obvious. Uh, Earth now. <laughs> no, I, I'll give you. It has to be numbers. Um, <laughs> and it's Lucifer. <laughs> oh, so Earth six six six. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And they already tied in uh, the one season Constantine show that was on NBC after NBC canceled it and into, um, I believe, The Flash. Or And um, so, like, that show's already folded into the D- the DCEU now. See, like, the DC Extended Universe, like, it's everything, which I think is really cool. Like, the MCU is just the cinematic universe. I mean, it's technically the TV shows as well. But, like... Seeing how DC is doing it, it seems like, you know, the comics take place in their own universes, their own Earths, and these shows take place in their own Earths. And then, uh, like, the movies take place on their own Earths to a degree, you know, and and the Crisis special that we're talking about, like, kind of, like, is just cleaning all this up. So, like, Titans, like, the DC Universe show is Earth-9. Doom Patrol, they show is Earth-21. And... If you don't know also that uh, Doom Patrol uh, premiered on the season two premiered on HBO Max. So, you know, a lot of HBO Max content is also just pulling from other things. (laughs) Yeah, just taking whatever's new that they can find. Yeah. Harley Quinn, the two season animated series is actually moving from the DC Universe Act, probably the defunct dc universe app to hbo max this august which i'm so excited to watch so like literally the only show that the dc universe app streaming app has that's original is titans which i believe was originally going to be a tnt drama we know drama and aren't they considering getting rid of the dc universe app and just putting it all into hbo max was that the was that the last rumor i heard it seems like it i think you can like add it on now for five dollars to your hbo max um yeah maybe maybe that's how they'll get around it i think the um like i honestly yeah i think i think it might get even cheaper than that and they'll just be like a button like on hbo max that brings you to the dc universe app maybe but because the only thing that the dc universe app has on like other streaming services is it has the library of DC comics on it. Yeah. So it's like the Marvel unlimited app where you can just read a backlog of 80 years of comics. So I don't know if that like, will like if it'll just focus on like the DC app will just become like, you know, the comic app, which makes more sense to me in a way. And they, I think they retired their DC daily. If that's what it was called. They had a, they had a weekly show that was just about DC comics news on the DC universe app. And I think that's gone now. Yeah. Uh, it, that would make sense to me to keep comics and, and then HBO's, uh, live action stuff separated. I, I don't know how you would make HBO max, uh, a draw for, you know, just comic fans to subscribe or just, uh, or, or how that would interest people in, you know, the programming to sign up for the comic side of it. I think you would have to keep those worlds somewhat separate. Yeah. Although, I mean, uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths comic book writer, Marv Wolfman, he actually also guest starred on the TV crossover, The Crisis on Infinite Earths. And um, he gets writing credit on part four of the six-hour event. Oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Have you used HBO Max at all yet? 
I have not, um, and I uh, I need to because sometimes I borrow my parents' uh, HBO account, and I think I get HBO Max because they subscribe to HBO Go. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you do. Yeah, uh, I need to check it out. I just haven't. Yeah, you'll. There's so much content on there. It's basically like they shove Cartoon Network in there. They shoved like TCM, like Turner Classic Movies, in there. Like um, TBS. Not that anyone ever watched TBS. <laughs> but again, like Search Party is a TBS show, but now it's an HBO Max show. It's an HBO Max original. So like they, um, they, uh, and Peacock, um, when Peacock premiered, they actually had new content. I know HBO Max premiered with Love Life and two reality shows and the Elmo not so late, late night talk show. And like, and the, and the Looney Tunes, the new Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, but that was basically it. Wow. Peacock launched with Brave New World, which I don't know if you've seen that yet. I know that's not uh, Warner Brothers, but just need to give a shout out to that show because that is an immaculate series. Talking about comic book writers, Grant Morrison um, kind of curated that show into being. And one of the co-writers, co-directors of Crank, which is crazy because they both made happy together at sci-fi. And then so that's why they're attached. And then. Now they're doing Brave New World, which I highly recommend. But anyway, back to HBO Max. <laughs> I, I wonder if HBO Max will be able to leverage certain shows in the same way that Hulu did, where, uh, for instance, I know Always Sunny in Philadelphia got more of a resurgence once they got put on Hulu. And so people started to watch that show more and find all these older seasons that they might not have seen. Uh, and I wonder if shows like Search Party will get a little bit of a bump. I think so. In terms of maybe like a sexier branding than, you know, before it was like, oh, TBS, I don't know if I'm into it, but uh, maybe now that it's on HBO Max, it might uh, kind of get an ele- elevation and prestige. For sure. The Superstation. <laughs> the Superstation. <laughs> yeah, that's what they should have called. They should have called HBO Max the <laughs> Superstation since they own that already from because of TBS. The right. former James Bond network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally... In this crossover event that they did in December, they also go to Earth eighty nine. So, like again, a lot of these are just based off the year that that um, came out, you know. So, Earth eighty nine is nineteen eighty nine, which is when the original Batman movie came out. Tim Burton, uh, Michael Keaton Batman movie. So, we actually go to Earth eighty nine in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. Oh, really? Yeah, which is just so cool. So I know this is really cool that Michael Keaton's coming back, but in December, we already got a taste of this, of being back in, in that universe again, That's on that specific Earth again. You see actor Robert Wool, who I don't know if you, I don't know if that name rings a bell to you, but like if you look at a picture of him, you'll be like, oh, Robert Wool, of course. I know this guy. He's from, yeah, he's in the original Batman movie. He plays like a detective in it. He played Alexander Knox. The first Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Batman. Oh yeah, I definitely okay. I just looked him up. Yes, I I, I knew that actor, but is that uh is that Arliss or is that a different yeah uh, actor? Oh my god, I think you're right. I think it is yeah. Arliss. Yeah, I, the, the HBO the HBO show Arliss that's not on HBO Max. Because <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched uh, Batman like a few weeks ago, and I remember seeing him, and I'm like, oh, Arliss is in this movie. I had no, I I, I forgot that. Yes, good connection too. Um. He said he um, looks up at the sky. He sees that the sky is turning red because that's what's happening in all the different 
or on all the different Earths and all the different universes in the multiverse. No, that makes sense. Yeah, he says, I hope you're watching, big guy, <laughs> while looking up at the bat signal. But get this, the bat signal is shaped like the Batman Beyond bat signal. Really? So here's my take. WB and DC Comics knew that Keaton was coming back in December when they were making all these crazy deals with like Burt Ward and with um, you know the Smallville actors and with like the Birds of Prey, like 13 episodes, like an actor from a show that like barely lasted, you know, just cleaning up everything. But I think they were thinking about approaching Keaton back then, and maybe they did. And they they set this up as an Easter egg. Now, maybe, just maybe, 30 years after the events of Batman Returns, Keaton is retiring as Batman, and his suit has evolved into the Batman Beyond suit. You know, in the show, Bruce Wayne is retiring, but his suit is now the new futuristic Batman suit, which I love. I love that suit so much. Really? Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch specifically the crisis episodes yeah i mean even there's just there's the highlights of all these little moments i even just suggest watching if you don't want to take up six hours of your life um although again we're in a pandemic right now so who who, like everyone has six hours (laughs) yeah so yeah check it out i I, i'm thinking this is an easter egg i'm thinking they knew that keaton was returning back in december and didn't say anything until july like this this month or at the end of june or whenever it was but who know i don't know i'm I'm just i'm just spitballing here just based off what i see yeah i could i mean i bet these discussions took a while i'm sure they didn't just call michael keaton up one day and he was down to do it the next week uh so i'm I'm sure that this has been planned for a while yeah uh aquaman himself jason momoa is staying in the warner sphere the warner fandom i guess we can call it now yeah and he'll play frosty the snowman for warner brothers oh really yeah which is smart because again i think this is an animated film i don't, I don't know if this is wag specifically this um what they're doing here uh, like warner animation group uh, but i think that's a really great idea and if this is animated they can actually make this like right now like i feel like in the next two years it's just, we're going to have a lot of animated content coming out since people can't be next to each other, at least in America, because they are filming the Matrix 4 right now, which I really want to call Matrix Rebooted uh, in um, Berlin. It's it's somewhere in Europe. They're filming it. So because, mm. you know, obviously Europe has COVID under control so they can film it there. Yeah, I'm sure Frosty the Snowman will be a better movie if it's animated. Uh, but when you first said Jason Momoa and Frosty, my mind went to Jingle All the Way, uh, <laughs> and I was hoping I was hoping it was some kind of uh, weird mystical version of that. Uh, but I, I'm I'm sure it's a better idea to go with an animated take on it. And I love 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 Jingle All the Way. It stars yeah, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite like comedian of the '90s, Sinbad. Oh yeah, I love all Sinbad movies like. Um, Oh, what's the um like a house guest? That's like one of my favorite comedies of all time. I love that movie. I can quote that movie like <laughs> line for line from start to finish. Uh, and then Jake Lloyd, you know the original Anakin, um original, yeah, and uh, Phil Hartman, of course, yeah. And um, obviously, um, this was big news. Um, about a week before uh, HBO Max launched. Warner Brothers announced that the Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming to HBO Max next year. I think May next year, maybe. Really? 
Uh, oh, oh no! Oh no! That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised it's gonna take till next year. I, I, I'm don't they already have a trailer out for it? But uh, yeah, uh, I guess they already have the footage. They're just in post production again, right? They're not gonna do reshoots. Um, I, they he was claiming they did need like it was like thirty or forty million, I think, for uh, Zack Snyder specifically saying they needed a little bit for reshoots or for it might just be for post production though. Good. Yeah, I would think that like. Yeah, that some of the effects that were originally going to be in his version, you know, they abandoned at some point. So now they're going to go back and finish that stuff. That makes sense. I think this is good news for um, for creators of things. You know, like he gets to finally finish his creative vision, which is great. Kind of like how, you know, the director of Shazam got to finish his creative vision and the, the director of Birds of Prey got to finish her creative vision. And Richard Donner finally got to finish his creative vision of Superman, too. Like it's it's them doing them making what they want to make, which I think is good. Yeah. <laughs> so like this, I guess this is technically his third of the trilogy. Like this is his this is his DC trilogy. There is a parallel there to the Richard Donner cut that took like 20, 30 years to actually come out. Yeah. Warner announced the DC fandom event uh, for August twenty second, which I'm very excited for, since obviously Comic Con. Was it canceled this year, moved to online? I believe DC Warner is still doing a couple events for Comic-Con at home proper, but they're doing their own event now. And it seems like every single DC uh, property, like everything from Titans to, to, you know, the Flash to um, like the new Flash movie (laughs) are all going to be there. So it's very exciting. Even Teen Titans. Go is going to be there, like everything. That's pretty awesome, and I'm happy they're doing their own event. I'm still a little sour because I finally, I've been trying to get Comic Con tickets for the past five or six years, and I finally got the lottery and had my tickets ready. And then, of course, uh, pandemic hits. And, uh, of course, of course, that's a first world problem to be dealing with. There are people with much bigger issues right now. Yeah, but since we're on the topic, uh, I can't wait for the world to be back to a uh, yeah. somewhat sense of normalcy so that hopefully uh, Comic-Con will be able to return. But but of any event in the world, Comic-Con, which draws so many uh, international participants and so much travel, it's, it's, it's understandable that they would not be able to uh, continue as usual. <laughs> yeah, especially if it was going to take place in... The United States, which yeah. normally does Comic Con, San Diego, because 100, yeah, like you said, first world problem is not being able to attend because, yeah, 140,000 people in America died from the virus, which is just really, really sad. Uh, but we get this DC fandom event, which I really love too. They came up with this, this name for it, the fandom. Like, I always say the greater Warner fandom, say like the greater uh, Warner fandom, greater Warner fandom. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I'm sure you've heard uh, Joel Schumacher uh, died at age 80. Yeah, I, I'm, I was surprised he was that old. For some reason, I did not picture him uh, as 80. But I mean, I, I mean, he's been making movies for quite some time. So you think he had been like 40 when he was making Batman Forever. But I guess he was more 50 since that was 25 years ago. Yeah, he's 55. Right. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman Forever. Um, my favorite Batman movie. Um, not, I'm not saying it's the best Batman movie. I'm not saying that you have to like it, anybody. I'm just saying it's my personal favorite. I was obsessed with that movie when it <laughs> came out and like saw it so many times. It was, you know, it was Batman and 
it was these two things from my childhood combining. It was Batman and Jim Carrey. So it was just, it was crazy. What It was just like a crazy mind boggling experience from start to finish that film for me as a, I guess, 11 year old, if it came out or no, it came out in 95. So it was a nine year old. Yeah. Cause it came out during the summer. And, and I don't even hate Batman and Robin as much as I feel like Batman and Robin usually gets uh, some of the harshest criticism, but those are just two fun movies back to back. And I'm never going to, you know, turn down an opportunity to see Schwarzenegger do his thing on uh, screen. And U- Uma Thurman really kills that role. I know it's, I know everybody's a little bit uh, exaggerated in that movie, but it, it's underrated yeah yeah john glover chews up the scenery you know michael rosenbaum's dad exactly a, a prime alicia silverstone i mean you know it doesn't get much better than that for 1997 yeah. my favorite alfred too by far yes yeah and then yeah and you know they they changed the the lore in there a little bit making um batgirl um alfred's niece that was still a i i definitely enjoy batman robin as well it's definitely I, like it's definitely like not a good movie, but it's still a very, very enjoyable, fun film to watch for sure. Yeah, correct. Batman Forever walks this delicate balance, though, of being dark, but also being like light and fluffy. And I think that like that formula of what Batman Forever is, is duplicated in like the Spider-Man movies and then is duplicated like in the mcu much later on but i do think they found the formula here being dark and edgy but also being like light and fun yes and and batman and robin didn't was not able to replicate it, it was a little bit too fluffy uh it did it it didn't strike that balance that you're talking about in the same yeah. way that batman forever did yeah uh, but still like i said it's a batman and robin a good popcorn flick i'd see it again but but batman forever at least critically uh is uh a, a better made film for sure and supposedly there's a 270 minute cut of the film aka two hours and 40 minutes wow yeah i mean that's just like internet rumor so who knows everyone's talking about that now online and also i learned on fat man beyond that uh joel schumacher slept with twenty thousand men wow that's uh it's a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of meetings. Yeah, it's a lot of meetings he had. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like like in order to get to that number, it like has, there has to be at least some orgies happening. Yeah. That's cause that's like Wilt Chamberlain level, uh, um, action. So, uh, hats yeah. off to him. Right. I, I just, I, I, I wonder was, I wonder when he reached 25,000, is that like, did he reach that number in his prime or was he, is this like a lifelong tally? Or 20,000. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you have to think maybe he started around when he was 18. Yeah. And then I think it's like basically a person a day until you're 80. <laughs> I would think so. I mean, yeah. it comes, <laughs> maybe a few days, you know, like you're saying, you, you throw in an orgy, you can take a week off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's, 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 there's a lot of math involved that I wouldn't expect in that. Yeah. Take a week off, make all of Batman forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I really love the city. Like, I really love how Gotham City is in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Big buildings that are statues. Like, you know, all of Gotham are these giant, beautiful, statuesque people holding, like, globes and different things. I just think that's my favorite Gotham City by far. Yeah, it definitely feels very, like, it. it is definitely a character. Even in Batman and Robin, it is just, uh, it feels alive and it feels so unique. 
And it does kind of strike that good balance between uh, the comic book world and the real world. Um, and, and just, I think, like you're saying, those colors and the, uh, and the stature of some of the buildings uh, and, and locations in that movie really help with that. Really cool. Yeah. And you know, so, you know, Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves is directing the new Batman movie. Yeah. Obviously, it's supposedly going to come out October 1st, 2021. Well... They just announced an HBO Max spinoff series that takes place in the same Bat universe. Really? It's Gotham PD, and it will more than likely have Jeffrey Wright back as Commissioner Gordon, and it will be produced by Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter. That's crazy. And uh, is that so Matt Reeves' movie is technically not going to be part of uh, canon, uh, if I'm correct? And then is the TV show also not going to be part of like the... The DC Universe canon? I think since there's Batfleck, yeah. he's part of whatever Earth uh, the the Snyder, like he's the Snyderverse, you know? Yeah. He's part of that Earth. So I don't know what that Earth is. Earth S? Earth Snyder? Like, I don't know what to call it specifically. I would think that with this Flash movie and bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman, because now we have three Batmans we're dealing with. You know, you're fixing up Justice League, so you, you're going to have that Batman. Batfleck, one more time, on that Earth. You're going to have Michael Keaton's Batman from Earth 89. have this uh, Matt Reeves Batman. I think, hopefully, with The Flash, they're going to, like, kind of clean up everything. How Crisis on Infinite Earths cleaned up the, like, everything. Like, they made, Bird, they made Birds of Prey, like, the TV show relevant. And they folded it into this DCEU canon. They made the Lucifer show relevant. They 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 folded it all in. Batman sixty six. They even referenced. They, they kind of folded it all together. I think that the Flash movie, the Andy Muschietti Flash movie, is going to like fix up more of the movie universe and movie universes. I mean, they already successfully folded in the Superman Returns universe, the Superman Returns Superman, the Brandon Ruth Superman from the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So we already have this taking the old and throwing it into the new canon and saying this is what it is now it is now earth blah 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 earth s earth snyder earth 89 so you'd maybe be able to get robert pattinson's batman interacting with the current wonder woman gal gadot's wonder woman and jason momoa's aquaman i think that robert pattinson's batman could even interact with batfleck and with Michael Keaton's Batman from Earth 89, where Arliss and his Batman Beyond Bat Signal live. But I don't know. This is just all speculation. I have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, Matt, I mean, Matt Reeves' Batman movie is definitely a separate universe as far as right now is concerned. And this TV show is going to take place in that universe. That makes sense. It's all, it all sounds very confusing, but again, they're cleaning it up, so it's less confusing now. Yeah. <laughs> like, Arrow is a spinoff of Batman 66, if you really want to get technical. Although, I don't know if Burt Ward's playing the same character. Like, I don't know if he's still Robin. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure, Arrow is a spinoff of the 2002 failed WB Network one season Birds of Prey. Or I could even say that Arrow and The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and all of these current new DCW shows, the CW shows, the Berlanti-verse, they are all spinoffs of Batman 1989, and The Flash 1990 series is a spinoff of Batman 1989 because of this crisis on Infinite Earth's cleanup. Yes, I agree. 
Yeah. And obviously Terrence Winter, who's creating this Gotham PD show, he created Boardwalk Empire and was a writer on The Sopranos. Sopranos, as it should be said. Yeah, it'll be interesting if he, I mean, is he going to be one of these creators that approaches it more from just a pure uh, storytelling uh, point of view and and from a purely cinematic point of view and doesn't uh, doesn't really take many comic influences into uh, account or is he going to try to pay homage to uh, the comics uh, it'll be interesting it'll be interesting I would think that they would go with the um, was it Ed what was the creator's name Ed Brubeck or something the, the Gotham PD um, books that they made the graphic novels the comic books um, I would think that they would um, they would go with and of what happened in those, since they didn't do that on the Gotham Fox TV show. Yeah. Ed Brubaker. That's who Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka. Their run for Gotham Central. That's what their comic series was called. I would think that maybe they would pull from Gotham Central a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Also, yeah, like you're saying, like I can totally see Terrence Winter doing his own thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if he, since he has so much clout, if they'll be able to say, Oh no, that's not how it is in the comics. And then he'll say, "Well, that's not why you hired me." So it'll be interesting to see how those how they get along. Is it is it still if it's a TV show? Is this still going to be um, like a Greg Berlanti kind of shepherded thing, or is this Jeff Johns working with Terrence Winter? You think? I don't even. I don't think either of them are involved at all. I really think it's just Matt Reeves and Terrence Winter. I don't know. Interesting. I guess there's some producer over on the DC side. Of like at DC Comics, yeah. I don't know who that would be. It's not either of the. I don't think it's either of the people that you said. Yeah. Jeff Johns also got thrown under the bus recently with the, uh, like how Joss Whedon was um, not the nicest person on set of Justice League, and and people started coming about how like, like the the stunt stunt coordinator on Buffy was saying. He, first off, he was like engaged or dating. The stunt coordinator of Buffy was engaged or dating the stunt woman who was playing Buffy's stunt double. There is something that made the stunt coordinator very uncomfortable, so he decided to leave the show. And then, um, like, she was threatened and was like, um, she was threatened about her like boyfriend leaving the show. So like, like there seems to be like this um. Like Jeff Johns, I think, brought in Joss to fix up Justice League or to make his version. So it's, it's, it's I don't know how well Jeff Johns is doing in the uh, currently at his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know either. Uh, so maybe that makes sense that they would say, okay, well, let's let's have an experiment where we let these two uh, big name creators have a go at this uh, property, and maybe you take a back seat to this one. Yeah, and also on HBO Max is the is the Fox TV Fox broadcasting show. It's actually a Warner Brothers uh, show. That's why it's on HBO Max. But the OC. I don't know if you ever seen the OC at all. Oh yeah, I, I watched at least the first two seasons with Mary Lauren. So we've we're at least um, steeped in the beginning lore of the OC universe. Ooh, what you say? <laughs> yeah, we we just rewatched the show on HBO Max. We, I, I watched it originally on the CW seed actually, like five years ago. Um, but yeah, I rewatched it again. It's good stuff. There's a lot of references too to other Warner Brothers properties. Like they watch Batman the animated series in it, and they uh, watch Looney Tunes. There's I th- there's a couple references to other things as well. I think that the show kind of um, 
and the the creator admitted too that um he made a de- he made a bad decision in killing off one of the main characters um yeah. I, and i think that does um not ruin the show but it makes it not as fun at the like in the last season yeah in the last season and a half say isn't as good or as strong as the rest of the show i think that's fair i think to me my at least the most memorable ones are the first two seasons and then it starts to feel like it goes off the rails for sure but but on that note so we have the oc on hbo max uh is gotham on hbo max so are we gonna have gotham and gotham pd on the same network that's a good question i don't know where gotham is sitting right now um it's it's i don't think it's on hbo max maybe fox still owns like the streaming rights at least for a second since it's fairly recent or since it's still kind of the wild west of who owns what streaming rights since it's not like the original company right now i'm not sure yeah oh supposedly it's on netflix right now it's it's all on netflix right now and obviously ben mckenzie is from the oc and he plays commissioner gordon he just like detective gordon on gotham on the original gotham show i would love to see him come back and actually play batman commissioner gordon as batman that would be cool at some point too because i think ben mckenzie is an excellent actor and Commissioner Gordon becomes Batman in the comics at one point. So like, there's already precedent for it. Yeah. I think if you do it, you should only do it with him. <laughs> Although I would love... No, don't... Okay, I take that back. I would love to see a Jeffrey Wright Batman as well. That I would love... That would be the greatest thing in the world if they did that. I love Jeffrey Wright so much. I would let him play anything. I want a, I want... A James Bond spin-off so badly for him because he plays Felix Leiter in those ba- in those James Bond movies, and they should give him a spinoff. I know he's going to be in the new one. Yeah, and he's so exceptional in Westworld. I mean, uh, yeah, he, he's he's an amazing actor. Yeah, and he was on two HBO shows. Yes, he's already been on HBO. He knows what's up, so I can totally see him coming back for this show. Yeah, I think he's great in Westworld. Um, I, I've seen all of it now, and uh, definitely the best part of that show. I haven't I haven't seen any of it actually. I've only seen the original movie. Fun fact, Richard Benjamin's in that movie. And Holly, who's been on this show, she is our Harry Potter expert as well. She's on the Shazam episode. Her mom worked for Richard Benjamin. Oh, that's right. I feel like I remember you saying that. That's cool. Yeah. So um we're we're getting to the end of the list. We're almost towards the bottom. You know, also like having a HBO Max companion series to a Warner Brothers Pictures movie is not something that Gotham PD and the new Matt Reeves, the Batman movie are doing. Well, the new Dune movie is going to have an HBO Max companion piece called Dune, the sisterhood. This is, I feel like this is going to be a new method for HBO and Warner brothers, like release a movie and release like an eight episode show companion show to go along with it. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially if you think it's going to be a big hit. Uh, I mean, obviously if Dennis Villanueva or Villeneuve, Villeneuve, uh, if his version of Dune really takes off, it makes sense to have something immediately ready to go. Yeah, and I know they, they've already changed up their um, showrunner. I believe it was, oh, what's his name? He wrote um, he he wrote the original draft, John Spathes. I think he was on the show and he's not anymore. He wrote the original draft for Prometheus, which is called like Alien Harvest or something. Oh, that's right. I read, yeah. Which I love Damon Lindelof. Um, he and he ended up rewriting from like it into Prometheus, and then you know created what I consider the greatest show of all time, which is the Watchmen TV miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty amazing. That show was either a hundred 
hundred or sorry, ninety-eight years too late or six months too early. Everyone wearing masks, talking about race relation in America, um, civil rights, like uh, cops going too far and and beating up people with like all of the order, but none of the law. Yeah. It's really it's really crazy how relevant that show is right now in twenty twenty. The middle of 2020. Yeah, and for uh, Tulsa being just a couple hours away from where I am, uh, they they don't really teach the Tulsa massacre in Arkansas schools whatsoever. Oh, wow. Uh, and hope, hopefully that's changed in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, I, this this show, the Watchmen show, there's a, there's a couple. It might be in Oklahoma, actually. They they started teaching the massacre because of the show. Yeah. I don't know where it is specifically, but yeah, because of the show, it took a fictional HBO show. Yeah, and, and Arkansas has another, uh, I mean, we have a massacre, the Elaine massacre, which happened uh, right around the same time, maybe five or six years before it, and it's not mentioned either. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's just really a long history of sweeping that stuff under the, the rug. I'm, I mean, we are... We're taught, you know, things obvious things like Emmett Till and, yeah. and the civil rights movement. But if it's if it's pre the civil rights movement, uh, it's just kind of glossed over. Uh, that that they teach Jim Crow laws, but it's it's just a really in vague terms, and, and you don't really. I, I think the idea at the time was, oh, let's, you know, at what age is it okay to start teaching kids about these really horrific acts of violence? But I mean, when it pertains to history, it seems like uh, educators should be have more of a responsibility to teach it no matter what, but uh, hopefully it's starting to change. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's very important to learn our history and, and like, I can't believe that America needed a fictional HBO science fiction show in order to get the destruction of black wall street taught in schools 98 years later. Yeah. It's just nuts. Yeah. No joke. And then on Juneteenth this year, they actually released all the episodes of Watchmen for free that day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They should do that every year. Yeah. Or, and at least, even if it's just some super cut of the scenes that really pertain to covering the flashbacks, if they just did something that really highlighted that event every year, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We're at the end now. Uh, Ruby Rose is leaving Batwoman after a season and a crossover event. And Javicia, Javikia, Leslie, I definitely did not say Leslie, right? A bisexual woman will be thrust into the role of Batwoman, but as a different character, so not Kate Kane. That makes sense. I I, I was wondering how they're gonna how they're gonna do it. Yeah, with the, with the show being so new, it would feel awkward trying to replace the character and and still call her Kate Kane and act like nothing happened. Uh, oddly oddly enough, in my head, it seems like it would be more of a smooth transition to keep it as Kate Kane if there were four or five seasons under the show's belt. Like maybe you could do some kind of reset but it feels like you'd be sweeping it under the rug if you didn't acknowledge that this is a, a different person playing this role oh for sure and i mean obviously ruby rose is white and javikia is black so like yeah i think how they're gonna do it too is because when ruby rose's kate kane batwoman like i don't know if you saw the pilot i watched the pilot and like batman's just missing he's just disappeared in that in that universe so like that batman so i think that's what's going to be in the second season. Like Kate Kane's Batwoman is just going to be gone. And so uh, Javikia's Batwoman is going to have to like look for, or just like, it's just a mystery. Like, where did she go? Got it. And I assume, like I said, I haven't seen the pilot, but is this Barbara Kane's daughter or Barbara, or how does Kate Kane fit into the comic book lore? I'm, un- I'm unclear on that. I am also less familiar with Batwoman and um, like how she gets 
kind of drafted into the bat army, if you will. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Interesting. So you hate you you hate Batwoman? That's what you're saying. Yes, I uh, wish her skin wasn't as pale. No, they do make her skin look really pale in the comics. Oh, really? Like uncomfortably white. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Eventually, Kate moves on from Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That's that's Fort Bragg's been in the news lately because that's named after a Confederate general. Oh yeah, that's the one that Trump was specifically mentioning. <laughs> it's like I don't want to change the name because like <laughs> Batwoman's from here. So how how can, how can we change it? Yeah. So yes, that is the news. That is the Warner Brothers news for the last couple of months. Again. We don't know, like, Wonder Woman 1984 was delayed. Uh, all of these movies were delayed. Dune will probably be delayed. Because I don't think movie theaters are going to open up until there's a vaccination. No. Well, well, they're, actually, movie theaters are open. It's just, I don't think it's going to, they're going to draw any kind of crowd whatsoever to justify having tentpole movies until there's a vaccination. That's true. Okay. I, I've, heard, I've heard interesting business models where indie producers are starting to reach out to theater chains to program smaller movies movies because they're willing to have a wider theatrical release uh, because anything is going to be better than no audience for them um, and there's there's obviously a gap that needs to be filled by all the tentpole movies being pushed mm. so maybe you kind of see this maybe as you see audiences start to come back to theaters you'll see the swing from just a few independent movies to finally one tentpole is released and that's what breaks the trend again but see what happens that makes sense that makes a lot of sense yeah i know like i don't think any of the theaters are open here besides drive-in of course yeah ours unfortunately opened and but but every i mean even even the part of our population that is a little stubborn about wearing masks and public events i've seen very few people online going to a movie theater uh i I know one person who's been to one theater and she was the only person in the theater so i think it's still it's more of an experiment than a business model at the at the moment that makes sense yeah to tie it all up um this was michael keaton returns episode in the crisis crossover cleanup where where we discussed how dc is looking at the future by looking at the past and saying i understand the mcu is like 22 23 movies and and these shows but we have this back catalog going back to batman 66 Heck, going back to George Reeves' Superman in the 50s, there is a history here that is deeper in many aspects than the Marvel Cinematic Universe could ever dream to be. Like, as far as, like, just years of content. I mean, eventually, I'm sure the MCU will fold in, like, the Raimi Spider-Man movies and the Hugh Jackman X-Men movies, of course. But for now, even now, you have so much history with the DC movies going back to the 50s that Marvel just doesn't have. In the DC universe, in the DC extended filmic universe, the television shows, the movies that have been made since George Reeves and Batman 66 with Adam West and Burt Ward, Wonder Woman show in 77, and the Batman movies with Christopher Reeves and Christopher Reeve in the 70s and 80s. And we were saying Tim Burton's Batman from 1989, a.k.a. Batman 1989, has been established on being on Earth 89. Even the Fox Netflix series Lucifer and the original WB Network show Birds of Prey and your favorite Smallville. All of these different shows are now part of the same shared multi-universe and are all on their own separate earths 
due to the CW Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover special. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Christopher Reeves even had a cameo in Smallville. So I I think even in the 90s and 2000s shots at at kind of the DC universe, I think they were always very reticent or very, uh, very observant in trying to bring like past DC history into the lore and whether or not they've been successful, uh, especially with the DCU universe in the past. uh, I think they're making an attempt to really tie things together and now and it's more successful used to be yeah and i think michael keaton is the key to that we always want to see michael keaton play batman for a third time i don't know like you and i talk about this sometimes to kind of like complete a trilogy you know yeah and finally getting to see him in this flash movie obviously it's going to be flashpoint pretty confident they're going to do flashpoint and they will further clean up this mess that we have it's not really a it's a fun mess it's a fun mess that they had that is now like this really cool big thing like the comic books that's what crisis and infinite earths and the comic books did it tied together the original superman from the original comic book series to like the current superman in the 80s you know they made them two different characters they made one like superman prime made him come back he went through all the experiences in those original comic books and so they really cleaned up in 1985 all of their comic books and all of their lore and that was really the first time that anyone really did that besides like i think marvel had one crossover before that that was not as it wasn't infinity war or infinity gauntlet it was something else there was an original uh secret wars like before the famous one before the most recent secret wars one uh i think there was like a secret wars in the 80s and it was not very good if memory serves me yeah that's that's what i remember of it and, and then the new Secret Wars from like the last few years did a great job of making the old Secret Wars make a little sense. Like they tied in some of those old arcs. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. And now we're doing that with the television and movie universes, kind of tying all those multiverses together. And I think that's really cool. I think that's really beautiful that they are finally doing that. It's interesting that the Wonder Woman uh, 77 TV series didn't get folded in as well. I'm wondering if Linda Carter reprising her role as her wonder woman from the wonder woman 1977 tv series is in wonder woman 1984 you know yeah that would be interesting that'd certainly fit with our narrative of if they're making a dune movie and then tv series maybe they would wait until after this latest wonder woman movie to put some of the older wonder woman episodes as kind of a tie oh put them up like on hbo max yeah as a tie-in yeah like somehow just get linda carter in there as her wonder woman yeah and that would be so cool and even in the the flash tv show brings back all the original cast members from the original flash 1990 tv series which i watched on the cw seed really which has tiny tunes stuffed animals in it too by the way so that's it for the atnwb podcast i guess um uh, do you have anything to promote, uh, Alex? No. Uh, if you, well, I guess if you're a University of Arkansas student and you're looking for a freshman level core class to fill out your schedule, uh, sign up for film lecture online this fall with me. I'm sure you're out there listening and uh, go check out my class. Nice. Check out his class. And for me, you can find me on the DK Vine podcast, which is a Donkey Kong Universe podcast devoted to all things Donkey Kong and Rareware. You know, Rare, the company that makes video games, they make Sea of Thieves now. They made Viva Pinata. They made the Donkey Kong Country trilogy, which includes my favorite game, Diddy's Conquest. And they make Banjo Kazooie and Conquer. You know, all this is tied in through Diddy Kong Racing. 
Anyway, we talk about Mario Golf Game Boy Color. So Mario Golf for Game Boy Color, we do a deep dive on. It's a lot of fun. I've been following that website for 21 years, dkvine.com. That podcast is called The Kongversation, K-O-N-G-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N. Check me out over there. You can also hear me on the Looney Tunes podcast. Of course, you realize this means podcast. Jonathan, the creator of that podcast, was nice enough to have me on his show. So I then had him on my show. So check out both those episodes. Um, his episode on his show, we talk about Scoob. If you're wondering why we didn't talk about Scoob on the 18WB podcast, it's because over there and he was just recently on an episode of this podcast so yeah check out uh the kong versation you can check out the game boy color i'm sorry the mario golf for game boy color episode with me and i'll russell and then you can find me on of course you realize this means podcast talking about scoob and the greater warner fandom and warner synergy nice yeah <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, on a side note, was Jack and Dexter rare as well? No, no. Okay. Jack and Dexter's naughty dog. Who that was? So it was they made Crash, Jack and Daxter, and then the Uncharted games, and now The Last of Us. Oh. that's the order of the game series goes in. And there's that's that's you know those are all exclusively Sony PlayStation products. That makes sense. And there was the Ratchet and Clank guys, Insomniac. They made Spyro. And they made Ratchet and Clank, and they made um, Infamous was the name of it, maybe. And then they made the new Spider-Man game. Oh, cool! I've heard good things about that. Yeah. So Naughty Dog and Insomniac, I think, are other people would say are on par of Rare, yeah. <laughs> or maybe even say surpass Rare. I like Rare better, but you know, to each their own, and uh, they'll make great games. Nice. Yeah, Rare seems to have better storytelling, in my humble opinion. I mean, I'm, I'm always gonna. A soft spot for Donkey Kong Country, but yeah, sure. Those Banjo Kazooie games, um, even Sea of Thieves is just like so much fun. We need to we need to play Sea of Thieves together sometime. Agreed. Anyway, this has been the ATNWB podcast. Michael Keaton is returning as Batman. Yes, this is actually happening. As long as they can film movies in the future, I'm so excited. This is not a drill. This is not a drill. Everyone get excited. And I can see this leading into a Batman Beyond movie, but that's that's another issue for another day. <laughs> <laughs> and so for the AT&WB podcast, I have been your host, Chris Booker-Taylor. And I'm Alex Wilson. That was my co-host. And that's all, folks. Rawr! This has been a full dinosaur production.